Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time for Sorallo Sports Talk with Joe Sorallo. Sorallo Sports Talk with me, Joe Sorallo. You're locked in for the next hour to the Believe Hour right here on Sports Map Radio. I'm taking you right up to tip-off, or almost to tip-off, I should say, of Game 1 of the NBA Finals. We're going to have a ton of coverage of that series. My takes on some X-Factors. My man Josh Fisher, part of the Charity Stripe, which you hear once a week on these airwaves on Sports Map Radio, part of the Believe Network. He's going to be joining the show trying, hopefully, to take off his Celtics cap. He's a diehard Celtics fan, but he's also a great NBA analyst. We'll be breaking down this series, what he thinks some keys for his Celtics are, what he thinks the biggest points, the biggest pieces of this matchup will be. I'm going to dive into a little baseball. The Mets take on the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium this weekend, and I think this is the most excited I've ever been in my life for a regular season meeting between these two, where I'm used to the Dodgers beating the Mets up. I think the New York Mets, my New York Mets, have the real upper hand here. And make sure that you, before the show gets any further, go on your phone right now, on your computer, follow me across all your social media platforms, at Joe Serralo on Instagram, that's C-E-R-A-U-L-O, Serralo, at the Joe Serralo on Twitter, and on TikTok. That's right. All of a sudden, I'm big on TikTok. Never saw that one coming three weeks ago. Make sure you go follow me on all the socials for behind-the-scenes footage of the show, for best bets, for crazy athlete affair stories. You name it, you're going to get it on my socials. Engage with me. I love you guys. Love when you do that. And make sure that you check out Believe.com. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V.com. It's the best podcast site for media professionals, for pro athletes. I mean, you, you can't top our list of hosts. Like, obviously, you've got me. Obviously, you've got Josh, who's joining the show in a bit. We've got Pac-Man Jones. We've got LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, I mean, Deshaun Jackson, Rudy Gay. That's right. We've got retired and current star athletes on our network. Check us out, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V. I can't wait for this one. When we come back, Warrior Celtics, keys to game one, keys to the series. I'm all over it and more. So stick with me, Joe Serralo, right here on Serralo Sports Talk as part of the Believe Hour here on Sports Map Radio. All right, we're back here on Serralo Sports Talk with me, Joe Serralo, taking you through this Believe Hour here on Sports Map Radio on this Thursday evening, June 2nd. We are less than two hours away from tip-off. Game one of the NBA Finals, the Golden State Warriors, the Boston Celtics, What we've been waiting all spring for, what we have been enduring blowout after blowout throughout these NBA playoffs for, this is what it all comes down to. The Golden State Warriors making the sixth finals appearance of the Steve Kerr, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green era taking on the Boston Celtics under a first-year head coach with their nucleus, their core, of Jason Tatum, of Jalen Brown, of Marcus Smart. 
This is what it's all about, folks. The Boston Celtics, homegrown players, got them to where they are. They've lost conference finals. They've gone home after heartbreak against LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers, against Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat in the bubble, getting their revenge. The Celtics rode the waves. They weathered the storm. They kept their core intact. And now here they are with a chance to knock off one of the greatest dynasties in NBA history, a team that from 2014 to 2019 appeared in five consecutive NBA Finals, four of which came against LeBron James and the Cavaliers, that fearsome threesome of LeBron, Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving. Then, of course, the loss to the Toronto Raptors, Kevin Durant, Going down in that series, only playing 12 minutes the entire six games, wasn't enough for Golden State. Here they are now without Durant. First time in the finals since Durant's departure. We'll get to that, what that means for KD's legacy. But let's look at this matchup. This matchup is, to me, beyond intriguing. Because when you look at how these teams match up against one another in the regular season, The Boston Celtics, this matchup favors the Boston Celtics. I mean, Jason Tatum, in eight career head-to-head matchups against Steph Curry and the Warriors, Jason Tatum is 5-3 head-to-head against Steph Curry. Now, just looking at games where Tatum and Curry both play, 5-3 head-to-head, he's won four, Tatum that is, has won four of his last five matchups against Steph. And in his last four games against Golden State, when Steph has been healthy and on the court, Tatum's gone for 31 and 10 on average in his last four head-to-head against Steph. Now look, if anyone tells you that this series is going to be Steph Curry versus Jason Tatum, they couldn't be more wrong. Right, I just want to off the bat get that off my chest, right? We've seen teams this postseason try to win with a single superstar, the Denver Nuggets with Nikola Jokic had nothing else outside of the back-to-back MVP. What did they do? They won one game, right? Golden State made quick work of them in the first round. You have the Dallas Mavericks got to the conference finals on the back of Luka Doncic. Of course, he missed, what, the first three postseason games against Utah. Mavs dropped the first two, won game three. Doncic came back, and all of a sudden, the Mavericks were a different team, got to the conference finals, couldn't get past Golden State with just one superstar. The Milwaukee Bucks, once Chris Middleton went down, Giannis tried. You know, Jokic might be the the back-to-back MVP. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best basketball player in the world, make no mistake about it. Took this Boston Celtics team to seven games by himself. I've said it two weeks in a row now, the best single series performance of all time. Giannis in the conference semifinals against Boston still couldn't do it. And then you have Miami, last series. Jimmy Butler did not have a lot of help. Tyler Hero got injured, missed about half the series. Bam Adebayo had nights where he was on, nights where he was very off. Kyle Lowry, MIA, and I'm not talking about Miami, right? Jimmy Butler tried to do it by himself, couldn't. And neither team got to where they are right now, the Warriors and the Celtics, because of one player. Any team who tried to make it in this postseason with one player is now on the golf course. So don't think that this is Jason Tatum versus Steph Curry. 
Are those probably the most important players on their respective teams? Absolutely. But I'll tell you what, I'm not even going to say Clay Thompson and Jalen Brown. The second most important guys on each team might be the guys that do it on both ends of the court. Draymond Green for Golden State. This guy has been in 27 career finals games. One of the most consistent, gritty NBA finals performers of all time. First off, 13 points per game in the finals. That's above his career average right there. But the fact that he averages a near double-double, 13 and nine and a half, throw in seven assists on that. I mean, Draymond, under the brightest lights, against the stiffest, best competition, Draymond Green shows up. Then you've got Marcus Smart, the Defensive Player of the Year in the NBA this year, who, and I believe I said this on last week's show, has this postseason arguably been more impressive on the offensive side of things than the defensive side of things. So before we even talk about, you know, Clay being the Robin to Steph's Batman and Jalen Brown being the Robin to Tatum's Batman, I'm looking at Draymond, I'm looking at Marcus Smart this series, right? I mean, the supporting casts on these two teams, and you can go down the list, right? For Boston, Derek White has stepped up at times when no one else has scored. Al Horford has had his heroic moments. For Golden State, Jordan Poole, they found the third splash brother. Hello, don't forget Andrew Wiggins. A guy who, you know, many people were writing off as one of the biggest busts of a first-round pick of all time. Well, all of a sudden, I mean, if Andrew Wiggins gets a ring this year, all of a sudden he's one of the best picks in his respective draft class, right? And no one's, no one's debating whether or not he was a bust being the first overall pick because there have been games where Andrew Wiggins has had to step up and play hero this postseason. This is not a 1v1 like we're so accustomed to seeing in the NBA, the Lukas, the Giannis's, the Jimmy's, the Jokic's. These two teams got here by being the polar opposite of the teams that they knocked off along the way. And the one exception I'll make to that is Milwaukee because, of course, they don't play that style of basketball. Giannis had to step up and be the guy, the only guy, because Middleton was injured. And I, and I do stand by my, my belief that I've shared with you on this show before that if Middleton doesn't get injured... We're looking at a Warriors-Bucks NBA Finals right now. But that's not what we have. We've got Warriors-Celtics. And I'll tell you what about this crucial Game 1 coming up in less than two hours. I think whoever wins Game 1 is going to win the series. And I think the series, regardless, is going to go to seven games. Although Golden State has one huge, tremendous, monumental advantage. And that is called the home court. The Golden State Warriors have not lost at home this postseason. They are 9-0 and in the Bay Area this postseason. I mean, look, they've only lost four games, all playoffs. One at Denver, Game 4. One at Dallas, Game 4. Both series where the Warriors led 3-0. And then they lost Games 2 and 5 at Memphis. 9-0 and at home. Now, the Boston Celtics, on the other hand, the past two series at home. They had home court against the Bucks, so that's four home games. They did not against the Heat, so that's three. They are just three and four. The Celtics in their last two series, which each went to seven games, have a losing record at TD Garden up in Boston. So when you mix a Warriors team that's 9-0 at home this postseason with a Celtics team that is only three and four at home, advantage goes to the Golden State Warriors all day long. I mean, look, I do think... This series is going to go seven. 
I do think the Warriors are eventually going to drop a game at home. I mean, I don't see this being like a couple of of the postseason hockey series we've seen where the home team has won every game. I just don't think that's going to happen. Golden State will lose one game at home this series, but it will go seven and the Warriors will win game one tonight and will end up cutting down the nets when it's all said and done for Steph, Kerr, Draymond, Clay to win their fourth NBA Finals in their sixth appearance together. I mean, it may be the last time we see this dynasty in the NBA Finals, but my oh my, this would be a sensational send-off for this dynasty. When we come back, there's more NBA Finals talk to come, don't you worry, but we're going to switch it up, do a little baseball. The Mets and Dodgers play in LA this weekend. I'll be at Dodger Stadium. I can't wait for this NLCS preview. That's right. You heard me. Stick with me, Joe Serralo, on this episode of Serralo Sports Talk. You're listening to the Believe Hour on Sports Map Radio. We're back here on Serralo Sports Talk with me, Joe Serralo, about halfway through this Believe Hour on Sports Map Radio, about an hour and a half away from tip off of game one of the NBA Finals. Spent the last segment talking about it. Going to talk about it more in a little bit with my man Josh Fisher. You heard him on these airwaves Tuesday night. He, of course, makes up one-third of the charity stripe over at Believe and one-half of that Believe in Celtics show. So going to show my man Josh some love, have him on the show to talk about his beloved Celtics in a little bit. And before I shift and take a little break from hoops and talk about some baseball, because there is... One incredible series. First pitch is a couple hours away. I can't wait for it this weekend. But before we get to that, you know, during the commercial break, I was digging up some numbers. And Clay Thompson, you know, I I spent so much time talking about Steph and Tatum and how the guys who I was looking forward to seeing as part of the complimentary cast, right? That supportive cast was Marcus Smart for Boston, Draymond Green for Golden State. Clay Thompson. What he did the last time Golden State made it to the NBA Finals. Now, of course, they lost in six games to Toronto. Very underrated series from Klay Thompson. He played five of the six games. Don't forget, obviously, Durant was injured, missed almost the entirety of the series. Thompson was battling injuries, too. What did he do in those five games that he was banged up in? He averaged 26 points per game on 59% shooting. From three-point land. Over those five games, he was 24 of 41, about an average of nearly five for eight from beyond the arc per game. He was absolutely sensational. Now look, Thompson, I don't know how much he still has to offer on both sides of the ball. You know, obviously he was an elite two-way player prior to his injury and now doesn't move as quickly, maybe on defense, not as impactful, as effective as he once was. But If he's shooting like that, if he's averaging five of eight from beyond the arc like he did the last time he was in the finals and he was battling injuries, uh, I mean, that's what Golden State needs, right? And obviously, you know, they're the big favorite. They are my pick. I'm not riding with the Celtics in this one, but it's not just going to be the Steph Curry show. And if you, you know, you look at Steph and what he's done in the postseason in the NBA finals specifically, first off, this man has played 28 career NBA finals games. That is the maximum amount of games that you can play in a single postseason. No one's ever done it, by the way, in a single postseason. You would have to be on a team that went to Game 7 all four series. No one's ever played 28 games in one NBA postseason. So Steph Curry 
Once he steps on the court, game one in 90 minutes, he will have played more NBA Finals games than you can play in just a single NBA postseason. A full postseason worth of just Finals games. That is absolutely mind-boggling. What's he done in those 28 career Finals games? He's gone for 26.5 points, 6 assists, 6 rebounds. Now, the assist numbers, to me, that's where... Steph is going to be crucial because I think what he has done so well this postseason is not just score the ball, but get his teammates involved. You look at that Dallas series. He had a couple 30-point performances in the first three games of that series, but it was the final three games where he went for eight, nine, and 11 assists. That's when I think Golden State is most dangerous. I mean, Steph, he could score 20, 25. That's fine. If he's getting eight assists, if he's getting Clay, Draymond, Poole, Wiggins involved, that to me is game over. The Warriors are most lethal, most dangerous when Steph is getting the rest of his squad involved. At least that's how I view this team at this point in Steph's career. Much different than when they went to five straight finals from 2014 to 2019. I think nowadays, 2022, the best style of Warriors basketball is... Steph, obviously, he's going to be their best shooter. He's the best shooter in NBA history. He's going to be their top scoring option. But I think when he gets his teammates involved, that's when this Warriors team is most dangerous. Look, we've got another great series kicking off in California tonight that I want to get to. Shifting over to the MLB, my New York Mets are hot, riding a six-game win streak out to Los Angeles to take on the LA Dodgers, everyone's consensus favorite World Series pick in the preseason. And look, the Dodgers are playing amazing baseball. I don't know how they just got swept at home by the Pittsburgh Pirates. By the way, the Dodgers have now played all of their games this season against the Pittsburgh Pirates. That season series is complete. Three at Pittsburgh, now three in Los Angeles. They went one and five. That's that's not a mistake. The Dodgers just went one and five against the Pittsburgh Pirates through the first full two months of this season. I mean, that is absolutely, you talk about mind-boggling. There's a mind-boggling number for you. The Dodgers, 1-5 against Pittsburgh. They just got swept by Pittsburgh for the first time since 2015. Swept at home by Pittsburgh for the first time in 22 years, since the year 2000. This is a Pirates team that's 22-7, and folks. 22 and 7, yet they're 5 and 1 against the Do- 22 and 27, excuse me, yet they are 5 and 1 against the Dodgers. So 17 and 26 against the rest of baseball, but 22 and 27, or, or rather 5 and 1 against the Dodgers, 22 and 27 overall. That's absolutely absurd. And then you've got the Mets, winners of six straight. You know, unlike the Dodgers, apparently beating up on the teams that they're supposed to, you know? Going into that homestand, I was thinking, look, four and two, that's the expectation. Five and one would be great, you know? Figure win two out of three from Philly, sweep the Nationals, I'm happy, or vice versa. How about you sweep them both? I mean, the Mets don't have Jacob deGrom. They don't currently have Max Scherzer. And yet, guys like Trevor Williams are stepping up. David Peterson is stepping up. I mean, they are getting pitching from every which way, and this is, oh yeah, by the way, probably the best lineup in baseball at the moment. I I mean, you look at these two teams, and 
it's really interesting the way that they're winning games. They're the second and third best records in baseball, respectively. Best two in the National League. And the Dodgers, Clayton Kershaw, was off to an incredible, phenomenal start this season. He's on the shelf. Mets, like I said, have never had DeGrom all season. DeGrom, it's almost been 12 months since he suited up for the Mets. And Max Scherzer has missed his last two turns in the rotation. Yet, the Dodgers are getting, you know, a Cy Young first two months from Tony Gonsolin, right? It's not even like Walker Bueller is stepping up and being the ace. It's guys like Tony Gonsolin for the Dodgers. For the Mets, it's guys like Chris Bassett, who was brought in to be our number three. Taiwan Walker, who goes up against Gonsolin tonight. Cookie Carrasco, tied with Gonsolin, with Bueller, with a few others for the league lead in wins, the MLB league lead in wins with six apiece. But the lineups, I mean, the lineups are just so star-studded. You've got Mookie Betts for the Dodgers, 16 home runs. He's the leadoff hitter, for crying out loud. Leads the National League, second in baseball, just two behind Judge in the home run department. And how about Trey Turner? I mean, not a power hitter by any stretch of the imagination. He is fifth in the MLB in runs batted in, fourth in the National League. And who's he behind? Well, how about Pete Alonso? Going for an MVP campaign, second in baseball, first in the National League with 47 ribeye stakes, and Frankie Lindor tied for third in the MLB. So the Mets have the second leader in the MLB in RBI, and Lindor is tied for third along with Paul Goldschmidt. Francisco Lindor just turned in one of the best months you'll ever see offensively. I mean, it seemed like there was not a game that went by in the month of May. And people, you know, going back to last year, people are so quick to shun Lindor, to say he's a bust, he's not worth his contract. That was one of the best months that I've ever seen. And if you go back to actually June of 2021, so the last full calendar year, Lindor has been an offensive juggernaut. Had an awful first two months in flushing back in 2021. From June on last year, one of the most productive offensive shortstops in the game. So far this year, top five among MLB shortstops in nearly every offensive category. I mean, he's been incredible. Alonzo's been incredible. Starling Marte, ever since he got back from the bereavement list after his grandmother passed away, he's been hitting the cover off the ball. Jeff McNeil, one of the best hitters in baseball this year, he's back to his 2019 all-star form. This Mets lineup, top to bottom, the number nine hitter yesterday, Tomas Nito, turned in a four-hit game, a three-RBI game against the Washington Nationals. Luis Guillorme is hitting like 360. For the Mets, this is a guy who's only seeing playing time because they finally, Steve Cohen, Billy Epps company, they finally got the guts to cut Robinson Cano and say, I don't care what he's making, he makes us worse. Hello, enter Luis Guillorme. And I believe in the month of May, he was hitting 450, he's hitting 360 on the season. I mean, this team is absolutely incredible and wait until they get their two multiple times Cy Young Award winners back. I, I mean, in years past, and even when the Mets 2015 went to the World Series, 2016 went to the playoffs, in years past, they would embark on this West Coast road trip, and it would be like, uh, here we go, Dodgers are going to embarrass us. Right now, we've got four with the Dodgers, three with the Pods, three with the Angels. I'll be at all three stadiums, one game apiece, maybe two for the Angels. And I'm thinking nothing less than six and four. I'm thinking maybe seven and three. I mean, to me, it's like the Dodgers, a four-game series in the past, I'd hope to win one. Anything less than a split is not even on the agenda. Even a split, frankly, I'd be disappointed. I want three out of four from the Dodgers, from a team 
that is expected to win the World Series every year. I mean, we're just six weeks away from the Midsummer Classic, from the only All-Star game in any sport that I care about, the MLB All-Star game. And the way things are shaping up, you know, it's like the Mets, it used to be like, oh, well, at least they'll get DeGrom and he'll be their lone All-Star. DeGrom and Scherzer aren't making the All-Star game because of injuries, and the Mets have to have at least five in there. Alonzo, Lindor, McNeil, Edwin Diaz, Brandon Nimmo in the outfield. Didn't even mention him with his perennial 400 OBP. And if he keeps hitting the way he currently is, Starling Marte. I mean, this is a team that could legitimately have five, six All-Stars, and Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer won't be representing them at Dodger Stadium in mid-July. I can't wait for this series. Mets-Dodgers, it's your NLCS preview, folks. You remember how great that 2015 NLDS was? This is going to be the NLCS. Back to basketball with my man Josh Fisher. When we come back, you're locked into Sorallo Sports Talk with me, Joe Sorallo, as part of the Believe Hour on Sports Map Radio. All right, we're back here on Sorallo Sports Talk. Next up on the show, you heard him on these airwaves on Sports Map Radio Tuesday night. He's one third of the charity stripe. He is half of the Believe in Celtics show here on the Believe Network. My man, Josh Fisher. What's up, baby? What's popping, big dog? How are you today? Man, I'm great, but I'm not as good as you, knowing that your Boston Celtics are tipping off in the NBA Finals in a few hours. How are you feeling, man? I mean, you've got to be so stoked. I feel great. You know, first of all, look, just happy to be here, which is probably the motto of my life uh, <laughs> on and off the court. It's exciting. This team's finally got over the hump, right? Think about how many times this, these, this unit's been here. Al Horford setting a record up until now for most playoff games played without appearing in the finals. This team has played zero minutes. Joe, you and I have played the same amount of minutes as they have played in the finals combined against a Warriors team, which combined has 123 appearances amongst them. And the crazy thing is, as good as the Warriors are playing, and they've been dominant, as much experience as they have, and they have the most, people really think we could win this thing. And so do I. It is not far-fetched. This isn't a pat on the back. Oops, how'd they make it? Cinderella story. Butler, by the way, who almost won with Gordon Hayward, if we remember that gets to the March Madness Finals Cinderella-type situation. This is a legit team, despite the inexperience, that can take down the Golden State Warriors and, dare I say, start a dynasty of their own. I mean, look, nothing's out of the equation. I mean, this is a team with a really young nucleus. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they're the heart and soul of this team. Guys like Marcus Smart. You know, to me, and we'll dive into all different aspects of this series, but to me, it's like, if you look at Marcus, obviously Defensive Player of the Year, his contributions on offense this postseason have really been stunning, at least from my perspective. I don't watch this team on a nightly basis like you do, but what do you think about Marcus? And, you know, we could talk about Tatum versus Curry, Thompson versus Brown. What do you think about the role Marcus is going to play when he's got a counterpart like Draymond on the other side? I've been making my rounds around America. Did Salt Lake City doing this national spot. Did Rapid City, which I thought was in Michigan, turns out is in, is in uh, South Dakota. Is that not Michigan? Yeah. Ooh. No, it's not <laughs> South Dakota. You learn something new every day. Right. Marcus Smart is the biggest X factor in this series. Make no mistake. This series hinges on the play of Marcus Smart. Can he keep the turnovers down? Can he shoot at an efficient clip? And most importantly, can he do what he does best? Can he play? top tier defense against number 30, Steph Curry. You are not going to shut down Steph Curry. 
not by any stretch of the imagination. That is impossible. How much can you stymie him? He's going to get 20 to 25 points. You can bank on that. You should count on that. Don't be surprised if we're there. But can he stop Steph Curry from getting 35? That's the kicker. Can he stop Steph Curry from going for a 40-piece McNug, 26 bucks at McDonald's, 1 a.m.? How you doing? Can he stop that from going down? That's the kicker. Offense, of course. You don't need him to explode for 30 points. If Marcus explodes for 30 points, will I take my shirt off at the bar? Yes. <laughs> Just don't do it game one. Not, not, not the game I'm going to be at the bar with you. I will take it off game one. If Marcus Smart goes for 30 points, I will take my shirt off. That's you know what? not even a question. I'll dance on the bar with you if Marcus Smart goes for 30 points. You know, you hit the nail on the head there. Steph is going to probably go for 20 every game. But can you stop him from going for 30, for 35? I'll take it a step further and say that this Warriors team might be better off when Steph only goes for that 20 to 25 range, but when he has eight to 10 assists. And that's the thing that I'm looking for here. Can they also limit Steph's playmaking ability? Because if you look at that Mavericks series, Steph was getting the team involved. I mean, they made quick work of Dallas and Steph didn't have the most, you know, the craziest, most impressive scoring numbers. He was getting his teammates involved. So do you think they'll be able to also limit that? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. This is not, it's not just Steph Curry, Jason Tatum show. And I think people kind of realize that in the Boston, obviously Al Horford resurgence, people are falling in love slowly. It's like a slow burn with Jalen Brown was my favorite player on the team. Clay Thompson back from injury is still a very good basketball player, very good basketball player. And we are talking about a guy who is the number two, three best three point shooter of all time. One of the best spot up shooters of all time one of the best players moving without the ball in his hands of all time. His court vision is excellent. I have always said prior to his injury, I would love to see an NBA where Klay Thompson has a shot having his own team. Yeah. I mean, before the injury, also take it a step further. One of the better two-way players of this generation. I mean, Klay on defense, you know, guys like Jimmy Butler are finally getting the recognition that, you know, he deserves. Klay wasn't, really too far behind Butler defensively prior to getting injured. But, you know, talking injuries, you look at the paths that these two teams have taken. And Golden State, quick work of their opponents, right? Five-game series, six-game set, five-game set. And then you look at Boston. Swept Durant and Kyrie. We'll get to Durant in a minute. Swept them in the first round. But then two seven-game sets in a row. And watching, you know, game six, game seven against Miami, you talk about Miami being banged up. The Celtics looked a little banged up themselves. I mean, Smart and Horford, obviously, the whole series a little bit. But even Tatum, you know, game six, Tatum looked like he was slowed down a little bit. Are you worried with back-to-back seven-game sets about Boston's health at all? Yeah, of course. This is, this is not for the faint of heart. The, both these teams have had help by the injury bug. Make no mistake. Look at John Morant going down. You don't think yeah. that helped? Look at Chris Middleton not playing. You don't think that helped? Injury bug is massive. Who's the healthiest? It's in any sport. Who's the healthiest team with when it's all said and done? The Braves were honestly the exception, like last year without Acuna. I mean, how rare is that? The best player on the team or second best player on the team goes down and they still win the whole thing. Extremely. Injuries are massive, and both teams have lucked out in their own respective parts because of injury. Look at the who the, who the Warriors play in the first round. The Nuggets, who had nobody. I mean, it was the Jokic show. Who's the second best player in the Nuggets? Healthy? 
or because yeah, exactly. Jamal Murray, exactly. Yeah. And then the third, Michael I mean, Porter Jr. Both these guys couldn't sniff the court. Who was the best guy? Bo- Bones Highland outside of Jokic? I mean, that, that team was in shambles. He's a rookie. He's yeah. like Uncle Jeff Green. Uncle yeah. Jeff Green. This is what we're dealing with here. And the thing is both teams have been helped out by the injury bug. Marcus Smart, not 100%. Rob Will, not 100%. The size and the length of the Celtics, though, is going to give the Warriors problems. Way more problems than they faced against the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic is a better player than anyone the Celtics have. That's just the long and short of it. Yeah. Not really tough to argue that. That being said, if you match them up, the difference between Jason and Luka isn't that crazy. And then the second best player would be Jalen. The third best player would be Marcus. The fourth best player will probably be Robert Williams. If you compare this Dallas and this Boston team, this is a way deeper and way stronger Boston team they are facing. And they don't have the NBA championship experience, but they have the playoff experience. This is a team, a group of guys who have lost the big game countless times. Yeah, they've, they've been to conference the finals. They've been to game sevens. They, they know what they're doing at this point. How many times? All the time, all day. Yeah, no doubt. So I mentioned, you know, back-to-back seven-game sets, but mm-hmm. they opened – with a four-game quick work sweep of Durant, of Kyrie, the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, if you look at both of, both of those guys, the irony of this series, Kyrie wanting out of Boston, getting swept by him, Durant moving on from Golden State, now here they are without him. More so on KD's side of things. What does this matchup mean to his legacy? And, you know, I, I know that this is exactly, you know, your worst nightmare, but if the Warriors do win this, Josh, what does that mean for the legacy of Kevin Durant? How much does that hurt him even more than it would hurt you? Um, I don't think he was the finals MVP in both the finals they won with Kevin Durant. Had Kevin Durant not gotten hurt and Klay Thompson not gotten hurt in the Raptors series, they would have won that one too. So he would have three rings, not two. Maybe three finals MVPs, not two. This Nets team was not good and not well-constructed and that is not the fault of Kevin Durant. There are points in this season where people are talking about Kevin Durant being the best basketball player on the planet, though I think that is Giannis. Agreed. Kevin Durant is the most difficult-to-guard scorer in the history of basketball. You could take your little Kareem Abdul-Jabbar argument I see coming out of left field because I, <laughs> I know where you come from. And I you know, you know you I like the oldies, man. It's Dude, he's seven feet. And there is anywhere on the basketball court, he's unguardable and undefendable, and he can bury at will. And he's great at defense, and he can handle the rock, and he can get the assist numbers. I don't know what anyone expected out of this Brooklyn Nets team. Kyrie Irving played 29 games, zero continuity. James Harden was in and out like a burger. Ben Simmons didn't suit up. Blake Griffin, over the hill, far away. No coaching. I mean, the coach, the first-year coach. Was DeAndre Jordan on the team? I don't even know. One time, uh, first all uh, and first team all NBA, DeAndre Jordan, that is. Yeah, shout out to him. Respect it. Respect <laughs> the hustle. Always respect the hustle. Amazing. Uh, it's Drummond's on there. Like he barely he had a cup of coffee there. Curry, he's over the hill. Seth Curry's, you can't win. Seth Curry's your third best player. No, no chance. No. I mean, this team had no prayer, no hope. And the crazy part 
look, there's more games played. The, the, the stats a little skewed, but the plus minus in the, in the Nets Celtics series was the smallest of the three series the Celtics played. Yeah. Yeah. So closer it was, games. It was, it was a closer game through and through. I mean, game one of that Celtics Nets was buzzer beater. Yeah. So you don't think then if Golden State goes on to win, you don't think it's any detriment to Durant's legacy. And I'm asking you to speak as a basketball analyst and not as a Longhorn alum. What doesn't, what does, what does it change? Why would it change anything before they were a championship team after they're a championship team? Yeah. It's not like it was, it's not like, you know, Durant got there and then they won and then he leaves and it's like, see, we never needed you. We could still win without you. They are Draymond Green, technical foul, not playing game five, away from winning two rings there before he's gotten there. Mm-hmm. This is a team that was already championship. They were when they won 73 games without him. But but it's more so more so than their legacy. It's more so Durant not being able to win one without them. He, with who though? You other than Dirk Nowitzki, other than you know Moses Malone. You can't do it on your own. You can't. It's impossible. You need an army, bro. Like, you need an army of guys. Like, as good as Giannis was, he needed Middleton. He needed Holiday. He needed Brooke Lopez. Yeah. He needs Dante DiVincenzo. Go across any team that's ever won. Like, LeBron brings home the, the title to Cleveland. Who hits the last shot? Not him. Yeah. Kevin Love, even. It's Kyrie Irving hits the last shot in Cleveland. You need an army of guys. Kevin Durant couldn't do it on his own. Kyrie Irving was good. He's just like, you got to play with your, you got to play with the team. There's no content. They made a major trade. And then Kyrie Irving also like barely played this year. So before we wrap it up, what's the, what's the series outcome in, in 30 seconds? How do you see this one unfolding? Okay. If the Warriors win the first two, if they sweep Boston at home, this is going to go to six Warriors. If Boston gets the first game, it's going to be Boston in seven. If Boston gets the second game, it's going to be Warriors in seven. There you go. So Warriors, if they sweep the first two, win it in six. Mm-hmm. If they win game one, they win it in seven. Mm-hmm. And if Boston wins game one, Celtics in seven. Yep. That, that's Got the it. call. Three scenarios. I love it. I love it. Spoken like a true analyst and, uh, and not like the co-host of Believe in Celtics. I appreciate that. Josh Fisher, my man, thanks so much for joining the show. Gotcha, boy. Catch you later. We'll be back with my final word here on this episode of Serralo Sports Talk. All right, it's time for my final word here on this Thursday, June 2nd edition of Serralo Sports Talk with me, Joe Serralo, as part of the Believe Hour on Sports Map Radio. Before I sign off with you all, just one last reminder, make sure you go follow me on social media. That's at Joe Serralo on Instagram, at the Joe Serralo on both Twitter and TikTok for behind-the-scenes footage of the show that I just can't share with you all in one hour per week. And I actually want to address a social media post with my final word this week. And it was an Instagram post put up by the Charity Stripe, which my man Josh Fisher, who you just heard from, is a part of. They were on these airwaves, same time as I am right now on Tuesday. You hear them every week right here on SportsMap Radio. They did a ranking of the top 10 MLB position players. And there were no Mets on that list. And, and now look, that's not me being a homer. But you can argue, you know, Francisco Lindor should be under consideration. But Pete Alonso is a top 10 position player 
in the MLB right now. And that list was one of the worst things I've ever seen, frankly. I love those guys, Nick, Alex, and Josh. That list was a disgrace, guys. You're called the charity stripe. Stick to hoops and Texas football. Clearly, that's what you guys know best. Because C.J. Crone, the first baseman for the Colorado Rockies, was ranked their eighth best position player in baseball. So let's compare the two. C.J. Crone hitting 306, 13 homers. That's respectable. Second in the National League. 38 RBI. Pete Alonso hitting 284, 13 homers, so lower average by 20 points, same amount of home runs, 47 RBI, leads the National League. CJ Crone plays for the Colorado Rockies. Away from Coors Field, he's hitting 207 with just four of his 13 home runs and 11 of his 38 RBI. Pete Alonso, you look him up, his home and road splits, they're nearly identical. C.J. Crone is not a top 10, not a top 20, probably not a top 30 position player in baseball. How you guys have him eighth is absolutely beside me. You want to look at last year's numbers? Because he had a pretty good year last year. 28 homers over 80 RBI. At home, 19 homers, batted 326. On the road, 9 homers, batted 235. C.J. Crone's a joke. That list is a joke. I love you guys. You're better than that. Don't talk about what you don't know. Love the show. Love the guys. That list was an abomination. And just like that, this episode of Serralo Sports Talk is up. It's over. It's out of here. I'll see you guys next week. Special thanks to my man, Josh Fisher. Love him. Love the Charity Stripe crew. That does it for this Believe Hour on SportsMap Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.